This is Angela Bowen, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How has everybody been doing since the new year started? I've been doing alright. I've been doing good. I've actually been reading some amazing books already this year, um, three of which are audiobooks, and I'm almost done with this audiobook that I'm listening today, which I can talk about today. But before I get into that, I'm going to tell you what this episode is about. Today I'm going to be talking about episode, season one, episode 18 of Silver Spoons, entitled Junior Businessman, or Businessman. Which aired on February 12th, 1983, so that was two days before Valentine's Day. For a school business club assignment. Oh, this is interesting. School business club. So that's that's clearly, that's a club for future business owners of America, probably. Um, Edward lets Ricky manage an ice cream parlor for a week. But Ricky discovers that running a business is harder than expected. Buddy, did you think it was going to be a walk in the park? Are you nuts? I know you're only 12, but I wouldn't even want to own a, a business like that. that. That's crazy. But the fact that Edward also, you know, he has Eddie toys. He's also, I guess, got a ice cream parlor. He's got, I think he's got more than just a toy business. Because he's probably investing money into other companies, which sounds really awesome. This episode has a 7.5 rating on IMDb out of 10, based on 20 ratings. This episode was directed by Jack Shea. Writers David W. Ducklin, who you guys will know, created Punky Brewster in 84. So this Silver Spoons was his first, and Punky Brewster was his second kid show. He... He, I'm sure he probably did stuff before this too. So, but um, yeah, no trivia. We got quotes. That's about it for for that. Um, as I like to do for the newbie listeners out there, I like to let you guys know where you can hop on board to follow along with the podcast. We got a couple places: Facebook at. Together, we're going to find our way on an official Silver Spoons podcast Facebook page. We have Instagram at Silver Spoons Pod. You can also follow along if you're a regular listener and you've been following the Punky Power podcast. I do post Silver Spoons epi- podcast episode updates on there as well. So if just keep following along there if you want to. Uh, also, if... You want to hit me up on the email and talk about your love for Punky Brewster or Silver Spoons. You can go to Gmail. <laughs> you can email me at punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com or silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. 
wait a minute no pb punky p punky power pb podcast okay okay <laughs> um also if you are a regular listener and you've been listening for a bit you like the podcast you like me doing silver spoons um head on over to itunes and leave a review um all the reviews that the podcast gets makes it more noticeable by other punky brewster and silver spoons fans like yourselves now, before I get into this episode, like I said, I am going to talk about a couple books that I read. Just quick summaries and what I thought about the books, and I'll be right back with you. Alright, the first book I want to rave about, which I gave four stars. I gave This actually has a sequel to it, which I also read. But I'm just going to read this one because the sequel is going to give away some stuff. The Perfect Score by Rob, I think it's Baya, B-U-Y-E-A. And this book has multiple points of view in it. This is a middle grade book, too. No one likes or wants to take the statewide assessment tests. Not the students in Mrs. Wood's sixth grade class, not even their teacher. It's not like the kids don't already have things to worry about. Under pressure to be the top gymnast her mother expects her to be, Randy starts to wonder what her destiny truly holds. Football crazy Gavin has always struggled with reading and feels as dumb as his high school dropout father. Trevor acts tough and mean, but as much as he hates school, he hates being home even more. Scott's got a big brain and an even bigger heart, especially when it comes to his grandfather, but his good intentions always backfire in spectacular ways. Natalie, know-it-all and aspiring lawyer, loves to follow the rules, only this year she's about to break them all. The whole school's in a frenzy with test time approaching. Kids, teachers, the administration. Everyone is anxious. When one of the kids has a big idea for acing the test, they're all in. But things get ugly before they get better, and in the end, the real meaning of the perfect score surprises them all. Guys, I loved this book. I listened to this. as a, This is available as an audiobook, as well as the sequel. The sequel is called The Perfect Secret. I'm going to put these on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, and um, even the next one I'm going to talk about is also an audiobook as well. So, these get, read these these books are amazing. I just I love middle grade. Last year I read evenly as much middle grade as YA. Um, and this year just right out the gate is like middle grade is where it's at for me right now. I I love it. It doesn't have as many tropes as what. Uh, YA seems to, which isn't necessarily bad, but it's just, it kind of wears thin after a while when it feels like you're reading the same thing. But I really love the perfect score. I love that they had different people come on to perform the vo- the voices. It's not just one person narrating, which is awesome. Uh, also, I gotta say, my favorite character, I loved Scott. I think he might have been a little, like... ADHD because he get I mean really excited and just his, he's constantly uh running off of the mouth and every I, th- I, I think he might have had a little bit of hyper 
activity disorder, maybe. Um, Gavin, you guys are going to learn, but you'll kind of guess as it goes along, that he has dyslexia. Um, uh, there is a third book coming in the fall. I think that's going to complete it as a trilogy called The Perfect Star, I think. Um, the next book I'm going to read to you is entitled, and I believe this is also, this is also a trilogy. I'm on the second book now. It's called Because of Mr. Trupp. This is also by Bob Baya, B-U-Y-E-A. I rated this one four stars. I really enjoyed it. This is another one that has at least six to seven points of view. The other, um, the perfect score has about six points of view, but the chapters are, like, really short. So I'm going to read about Because of Mr. Trupp. It's the start of fifth grade for seven kids at Snow Hill School. There's Jessica, the new girl, smart and perceptive, who's having a hard time fitting in. Alexa, a bully, your friend one second, your enemy the next. Peter, class prankster and troublemaker. Luke, the brain. Danielle, who never stands up for herself. Shy Anna, whose home life makes her an outcast. And Jeffrey, who hates school. Only Mr. Trupp, their new and energetic teacher, seems to know how to deal with them all. He makes the classroom a fun place, even if he doesn't let them get away with much. Until the snowy winter day when an accident changes everything and everyone. Guys, this was an amazing read as well. I really enjoyed it. Um... I think they changed uh, the book jacket cover. Mine is different where uh, it's, I think, a teacher holding an apple. Because I'm not going to tell you what this cover is if you look it up. It is kind of a, it's a spoiler. It gives away a major, major um, piece of the plot. It kind of, I'm not going to say it gives away the ending, but it does give away something that happens later on. And the last book that I read, th that I'm currently listening to, it's also uh, multiple narratives. It's also, I believe, a middle grade book. Set around sixth grade. This book is entitled, It Wasn't Me. Six Stories, One Truth. And this book is by Dana Allison Levy. The Breakfast Club meets middle school mystery in the story of six very different... Se oh, they're seventh graders. Sorry. Forced together in the aftermath of a vandalism incident. When Theo's photographs are vandalized and trashed beyond all recognition, there are five kids at the scene. The nerd, the princess, the jock, the weirdo. Guys, oh, and the screw-up. This, uh, yeah, it's very much like... The Breakfast Club. Now, if you've seen The Breakfast Club, you know that scene where the kids are all eating lunch and Bender, who's the tough guy, does an impersonation of Brian's family. Brian, played by Anthony Michael Hall. The kid that's the troublemaker in this book does that with one of the characters. Like, I'm going to impersonate how perfect your family is. And I had to cringe at that when I heard that. Like, oh, come on. Oh, 
it will be a little longer until lunch. Okay. Yeah, um, Jeremy just let me know that uh, his lunch will be later. Okay. Um, sorry. All anyone will say is, it wasn't me. Theo doesn't care who it was. He just wants to stop being the victim. The sooner the school forgets the whole humiliating thing, the better. But his favorite teacher is asking the s six of them to spend vacation week together. I'm getting, this has got to be, this has got to be like their spring break. Because it talks about them going back to school the following week. Now I just lost my place. Spend their vacation week together learning to trust and getting to the truth. She calls it a justice circle. He calls it his worst nightmare. Theo knows everything he needs to know about his classmates, and he's sure this justice circle is going to be an epic and total mortifying waste of time. But after a few days of sock puppets gone wrong, artificial flesh wounds, and dangerous candy reconnaissance missions, he's not so certain. As they share their secrets, Theo realizes that he doesn't know anyone as well as he thought, not even himself. And the truths they share might change their lives forever. Hilarious, awkward, surprising, and ultimately heartwarming. It Wasn't Me is a guessing game that keeps readers wondering what lies behind the labels we wear. Uh, I still have about two and a half hours left on this audiobook, and so far I like it. I think it's good. Um, I just... If I had to rate it below uh, the other uh, the other two multiple narratives, I would go the perfect score, saving, or because of Mr. Trupp, and then it wasn't me. That's how I'd rate them. But um, like I said, I'm gonna put these on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and I'll put the descriptions of these books as well, so you guys will know which story goes to which book and then that way you guys can check them all all of these books they're available on audible so i'm sure that they're available at your local library or wherever you go to download books check them out guys these are these are good the 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 people that do these narratives bring these stories to life that's what i love about audiobooks and no i'm not being sponsored by audible <laughs> No, I'm not uh, into the sponsor thing. I, 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 I've never been approached by anyone asking, like, oh, sponsor your podcast. Like, no, no, that's okay. Thank you. But all right, we've talked enough about the books. Uh, let's get into this episode, shall we? All right, well, we come out of the intro. We are in the living room, which also, I guess, works as a semi-office setting. Uh, we meet a new character who will be with the show for quite a while. I believe he is taking over for Leonard. We meet Dexter Stuffins, who through Dexter, we will meet his nephew Alfonso, who will come on at the start of season three. So we've still got a little bit. We're almost done with season one. Get through season two. And then in season three, we meet Alfonso, who will kind of take over as best friend for Ricky when Derek takes... A trip to forever to St. Louis. For forever to St. Louis. He moves with his mom. His Spoiler alert, his parents actually do get divorced. Probably because his dad was cheating on his mom. Like he mentioned in several episodes so far in season one. 
So Dexter's just kind of sitting there. He's got his briefcase on his lap. He's just kind of like, like he he's waiting for Edward. Edward is probably late. He had a meeting with him. So like, where is he? I got stuff to do. The thing about Dexter is he is very prim and proper as far as he is buttoned up. He likes to be have things be done on time in an orderly fashion. That's just Dexter. As this is pretty much obvious when he looks at his watch. Yes, this is 1983 when everyone still wore a watch to know what the time was because nobody had an Apple Watch, nobody had an iPhone, none of that stuff. So I'm going to play this clip. We'll get introduced to Dexter. <laughs> Mr. Stuffins, I'm terribly sorry that Edward is late. Would you like me to give you a tour of the house? No, thank you, Miss Summers. I'll wait here in the arcades. <laughs> I know that Edward is very anxious to meet you. He's been looking for a good business manager. Well, he's found one. Now, wouldn't it be peachy keen if we could find him? <laughs> Dad! Hey, Dad! Oh, hi, Ricky. Excuse me. Uh, Ricky, your father's not here right now, and when he gets back, he has a business meeting. Oh, the guy's wearing a three-piece suit. My dad won't let it last too long. Anyway, I got real important news to tell my dad. So when he comes, tell him I'm up in my room. Okay. Don't forget. I won't. Bye. Bye. So Dexter is there because he is interviewing with Edward for the businessman position, I, I, I guess. So he's, if that's the case, then he is going to be taking over for Leonard so I wonder maybe Leonard's got another job that he's going to be going to there's got to be an explanation I'm sure there is of course while <laughs> Dexter's sitting there Kate recommends like hey how about we take a tour of the house and Dexter's like no no I'll just sit here in the arcade room <laughs> Ricky bursts through the door and he's like dad 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 and, and Kate quickly like Ricky, Ricky, you're, this is Mr. Stuffins. He's waiting for your father, who's not here yet. And when your father does return, he has a business meeting. So we don't know Ricky's news. He's clearly got big, big news. And he just tells Kate, like, hey, tell my dad when he's here. I'm up in my room. I'd like to talk to him. All right. So Kate again apologizes for Edward being late. And Dexter's like, Miss Summers, time is money, and that is the one thing that separates us from the animals. <laughs> this guy, I like him. He's so prim and proper. It's just, it's funny how he's going to kind of clash with Edward's, like, goofy, zany, wild ideas. I can just see it. I'm sorry you've been kept waiting. Miss Summers, time is money, and money is the only thing that separates us from the animals. Really? I always thought it was the ability to smile. <laughs> no, I guess that's not it. make a joke that clearly does not land with Dexter. That guy does not have a sense of humor. 
apparently. Because she's like, oh, well, I always thought it was the ability or that we can smile or something like that. And, of course, we see Dexter, and he's not smiling. He's just like, he's got things to do. He's on a tight schedule. Hey, we get the train return with Edward's entrance. We haven't gotten that in a couple episodes. That's pretty cool. Where Edward comes in, his makes his entrance on the train, as we get the applause from the audience. So, all right. The introduction between Edward and Dexter. I'm sorry it took so long, Kate. I wanted to pick you some roses. Oh. But you remember how windy it was this morning? Yes. Here. <laughs> standing over there looks like he just swallowed something nuclear. Oh, this is Dexter Stuffins. Oh, my new business manager. Well, pleased to meet you, Mr. Stuffins. I've heard of your brother, Stovetop. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Actually, my brother's name is Franklin, and he's just won the Nobel Prize for Economics. Really? I never win anything. <laughs> would you like to sit down, Mr. Stuff? Edward, would you excuse me? I would like to find a vase for these. Sure. Remember to cut the bottoms on an angle. So even though the train goes just past the couch where Dexter's sitting, Edward has got one thing on his mind. He picks some roses. Well, they were roses at one time, and... He gives them to Kate, although before he does, like, hey, remember how I said it was kind of windy today? Well, these were roses, and I'm giving them to you. They're stems. But Kate takes them, like, oh, that's so sweet. And they kiss. And then Edward, like, turn, stops and turns and looks like, Kate, there's a man staring at us. And that's when Kate remembers the light bulb above her head goes off. Like, oh, yes, this is Mr. Stuffins. And, of course... Edward cannot resist making a oh, Mr. Stephens, I heard about your brother's stovetop. <laughs> and he's like, I, I, I couldn't resist. <laughs> and Dexter's like, oh, well, actually, my brother's name is Franklin, and he just won, I think it was like, what do you say? His brother's name is Franklin, he just won the Nobel Prize for economics. Woo, wait, way to go. So, Kate excuses herself to go and put some of those roses in, well, they're not roses, they're stems. Go put them in a vase. Yes, because we all like stems without our roses, don't we? <laughs> I'm not into flowers. Don't buy me any. <laughs> Alright, so Dexter is interviewing for the business manager position. Is that what Dexter, what, um, what? Leonard does, or maybe not. Maybe this is the role that was vacant for that's the guy, the Bob guy, or whatever the heck his name is from the pilot episode, The Crook. Yeah, him. Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. It's just, I feel like I've entered Oz. <laughs> You'll get used to that. <clears throat> now, Mr. Stuffins, I need a good business manager. My father recommends you highly. 
But despite that, I decided to meet you anyway. <laughs> I admire your father a great deal. He's a fine man, an industrial wizard, financial genius. And you? Yes? Were you adopted? <laughs> <laughs> no, my father and I just have differing philosophies of life. You see, my father thinks that money should be used to make more money. That's very beautiful. Well, I think money should be used to enjoy life, to, to make people happy. That is sick. <laughs> okay, I see you're leaning toward my father's philosophy here. But that's good. You see, I want my business manager to be very protective of my money. So, let's talk turkey, Stuffins. <laughs> now, I sent you a copy of my financial statement. What are your recommendations? Well, I'd like some time to formulate an overall approach, but I do have some immediate advice. Okay, shoot. You own two small businesses which are currently closed? Yeah, a beauty salon and an ice cream parlor. They were among the first businesses I ever bought, and I keep them for good luck. Why don't you save $6,000 and buy yourself a rabbit's foot? <laughs> okay, let's sell. Fine, I'll get right on it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have an appointment with Henry Kissinger. So we do learn that Dexter came highly recommended from Edward's father, and Dexter really admires Edward's father because they both kind of speak the same language when it comes to money and how money can be used to get more money, and Edward, of course, feels that money should also be used to be enjoyed and uh you know, enjoy life, and Dexter's like, oh, well, that's sick. Of course, I love his dig at Edward about, like, well, were you adopted? <laughs> it's like, because Edward and his father can, they are, like, as different as night and day. They do not share the same philosophies, which, of course, that's what Edward ex um, explains to Dexter. So, Yeah. So, Edward's first two businesses, one being an ice cream parlor and the other one being a beauty salon, were the first couple of businesses that he opened, probably before Eddie's toys. And he says that he keeps them around for good luck. And Dexter advises, like, just, like, drop your losses with that, like, $6,000 you set and get yourself a rabbit's foot. Which... Probably, I mean, if it's costing six, so what, that's three thousand a piece to operate and own those stores if they're not doing it. So are those businesses not in operation and the buildings are just there? And they're just being, you know, used to, uh, as a tax breaker? I, I don't know. I don't know that stuff. But, um, okay, that ice cream parlor is going to work out great because... Ricky finally comes down like, hey, dad. And this is where Edward introduces Ricky to Dexter. And I believe that is where we are going to lead into the ice cream parlor thing. So this is going to be fun. I, I got to say, I like Ricky's outfits here. I don't think that he continues to wear them as he, once he starts high school and stuff like that. Uh, well, we see Ricky wearing a lot of different things, but the things that he seems to repeat is the long-sleeved button-up with the sweater vest, which it's cute and all, but it does make him seem, like, very studious. Hey, Dad! Ah, Dex, 
want you to meet my son, Rick. Rick, this is Dexter Stuffins, our new business manager. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Stuffins. I've heard of your brother. Stovetop? No, Franklin, the guy who won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> oh. Goodbye, Mrs. Stratton, young man. Bye. Hey, Dexter, next time you come, we'll take you for a ride in the train and play a game of Frogger. I love children. They're so deductible. <laughs> So, yeah, Edward introduces Ricky, and, well, he says, this is my son, Rick, and Ricky, of course, Dexter thinks, like, oh, he's making that stovetop joke, because Ricky's like, oh, Dexter, I met your brother, and Dexter's like, let me guess, stovetop? And Ricky's like, no, Franklin, I heard he won the Nobel Peace Prize, like, cool, (laughs) and... Ricky and says, hey, the next time you come over, we could like, take a ride on the train and we can play Frogger. And Dexter just looks at Ricky like, oh, I love children. They're so deductible. Huh, he makes a tax joke. That's adorable. Now Ricky is, now uh, Dexter leaves. He's got to play racquetball with Henry Kissinger. And Ricky is going to talk to his dad about uh, this little business venture for this business club. Hey, Dad, I got great news. Guess what happened at school today? Well, let me think. Uh, Tubby Butterman finally washed his gym clothes. <laughs> no, my news is not good. Ah. Listen, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We're studying economics in my class, okay? Well, all right. Our teacher thought it would be a good idea to learn how a business works. So we started a junior businessman's program. What kind of a business do you intend to start? I don't know yet. Most of the kids are doing Mickey Mouse stuff. You know, like uh, uh, pot holders, embroidered scotch tape dispensers, sand candles. <laughs> then there's Derek. <laughs> What's he doing? Well, he's going to tell everybody he's manufacturing picture frames in his treehouse. Then he's going to burn it down and collect the insurance. <laughs> well, that ought to take him out of the junior businessmen's program and put him into junior convicts. <laughs> anyway... I want the business I get into to be special. I want it to be exciting. I want it to be a real business. If you get any ideas, I'll be at my office. Your office? My room, okay? So Ricky starts in about, uh, oh, guess what happened at school today? And Edward makes a joke about some kid who's named Tubby Butterman. Like, oh, let me guess, he finally watched his jock strap or something. And Ricky's like, no, 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 um, we're studying economics in my class. And we've decided to start the Junior Businessmen's Club. And he mentions how some kids are doing little things like making pot holders. And he said like a sand candle or something like that and a couple other things. And how Derek wants to make uh, picture frames in his treehouse and then burn out, down his treehouse and collect the insurance money. And I love how Edward says that, well, it looks like uh, Derek's going to go from the Junior Businessmen's Club to the Junior Convicts Club. <laughs> So, Ricky's like, hey, I'm going to be in my office then. And Edward just was like, you have an office? And Ricky's like, well, no, my bedroom. (laughs) So, he leaves and 
Edward's gears are turning. He's thinking, like, hmm, well, he needs, he wants to start a business. What? Hmm. So, uh, he's thinking about that. And let's see, he runs, I'm sure he runs it by Kate to get her expertise as far as, you know, her, Kate's got some good suggestions. I really like that, uh, she gels well with Edward's sense of mind and kind of sometimes, even though he, he kind of runs with these ideas that she does kind of say, you know, slow down, let's think this through and, and examine, you know, what you want to do and let's think of this logically and stuff. You know, she kind of, she keeps him on the straight and narrow. I, although she does fully support him and stuff, so that's awesome. Actually, Kate is kind of, she's putting those stems in a vase on her desk. And she's like, you know, what bothers me about Mr. Stuffins is that it seems like when I'm talking, he's not listening to me. And Edward, of course, is he's, he's thinking. He's thinking. And she's like, Edward? Edward? And then all of a sudden, Edward just, like, snaps his finger. Like, I got an idea. And he runs up the stairs like, Rick, Rick. So we get to Uncle Smiley's ice cream parlor. Well, wait a second. Wasn't this in the episode, um, was it this season one, episode three, I think? They had Mr. Uncle Smiley's, or <laughs> Uncle Smiley's ice cream parlor, where there was a man there, and Ricky and his dad were kind of like, well, Ricky was in a foul mood because Sally what's-her-face, like, dumped him, and he was just sad, so I take it they must have just closed, or something? Like, Mr. Smiley's out of a job? Okay, we get a shot of the ice cream parlor, and we got, like, drop cloths covering the equipment, the chairs, the tables, the everything, so this place has clearly been closed down. Because I thought, like, Dexter said, just, like, cut your ties with the ice cream parlor to the beauty shop. Just, it's not worth it. They're not making any money. So, Edward brings Ricky in. Apparently, you know, the lights are still working, so that's good. And Ricky, he wants it to be a surprise for Ricky. So, he puts, has this stocking cap with this giant, it's a blue stocking cap with, like, red, yellow, green, and blue, like, stripes along the edge of it, but then it's got this little pom-pom ball that's also, like, blue on the bottom, and then red, and then yellow on the top. And it's like, Ricky's walking around, like, <sighs> if this were 2018, it'd be someone probably trying to do that bird box challenge. I haven't seen that yet, and I might eventually, but I'm a little hesitant. I mean, I've heard, it's like this new sensation that's going around. Although, people are now trying to imitate it by being blindfolded and they're doing stupid crap. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a great, great opportunity for Ricky. Those are really, look like really nice, comfortable chairs. They're really, you know, they're all like up on top of the table, but... They have, like, a padded butt seat to them, so that's got to be really comfortable. Can we look at it? I can't wait. Well, you only have to wait a couple of more seconds. Okay, now, you ready to see your big surprise? Sure am. (laughs) (laughs) 
told me that I had a big surprise coming. And then blindfolded me. I said, hey, he's going to take me to a circus, a rock concert. Our old ice cream goes to die. Rick, see that sign up there, Uncle Smiley's Ice Cream Parlor? Yeah. Well, as of right now, for the rest of this week, you are Uncle Smiley. You mean this is going to be my business? Yeah. Well, I've got to sell the place, but I thought since you have a class project that you might be interested in taking a crack at it first. That is, if you want to. If I want to? Ha! Huh. <laughs> I can see it now. Monday, I'll get this place going. <laughs> Tuesday, I'll start franchising. By the end of the week, I'll have a sign outside reading, over 36 billion served. <laughs> whoa, whoa there, proud stallion. Let's not get carried away, huh? It's hard work running a business. You've got to stock your inventory. You've got to pay your bills. You've got to hire employees. Oh, I don't have to worry about employees. I'm going to be hiring some of the best minds in the whole seventh grade. So Edward pulls the hat off of Ricky's face, and Ricky looks around. And then he pulls the hat back over his face. Like, he's not happy. Like, what is this? He's like, gee, Dad, I thought when you put a hat over my head to blindfold me, you said we're, you're taking me for a surprise that we'd, like, be going to, like, a circus or a rock concert. This is probably the middle of the afternoon, and you think you're going to a rock concert. No rock concerts start at, like, 2 in the afternoon, buddy. Try again. Well, the thing is, the ice cream parlor is up for sale, but for this week, Edward says, I'd like you to manage it because you said that you need a business to do your businessman's club. And Ricky, all of a sudden, he's like, oh my God, he's, he's fantasizing about Monday, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to have a franchise, and then I'm going to, and... Edward's like, whoa, 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 there, slow down, Stallion. <laughs> you are getting way too ahead of yourself. And he's like, well, first of all, you gotta take your inventory, stock your inventory. You've got to also hire employees and everything like that. And just all these important, pay your bills is another thing. You know, you gotta pay the bills if you want the lights on and you want the electricity you know, and the stuff to work and... And then Ricky's like, oh, don't worry about the, the employee part, Dad, because I'm going to hire some of the brightest minds in the seventh grade. Yeah, this can only lead to disaster. <laughs> I mean, come on. What do seventh graders know? I mean, it's a good experience. It definitely is. The thing is, you know what they didn't mention? Advertising. You got to get people in the door, right? Probably like, hey, um, the first, like, 10 people get a free scoop of ice cream or, or something, something to get them in the door. I mean, this is 83. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have people standing outside the restaurant, like holding up a sign or on a street corner, playing with a sign, you know, moving it around saying, come to Uncle Smiley's ice cream parlor and you get a free scoop or, or something fun like that. But uh, Ricky's got a vision. He's got a vision in his head. That's with me when I start a new podcast and I'm just throwing everything into it. I mean, am I a professional at this? Heck no. 
No, but I love what I'm doing, and it's just fun, and, you know, setting up the Facebook pages, and doing the Instagram, and the Twitter, and the this and the that. It's just enjoyable that I get to relive these shows, you know, once a week and everything like that. So, I'm, instead of, you know, taking notes, you know, I'm reliving, I'm, all my reactions are real because I'm saying this for, like, the first time. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, Ricky is in fantasy land with his, I'm going to this and this, and I'm going to have a franchise. And he makes a McDonald's reference of, pretty soon I'll have 36 billion sold. That's a McDonald's reference, because I think that's what it's, it, it says on their sign, like 36. It's probably more than that now. It's got to be more than that. Like, in the billions, maybe even zillions. Is zillion a word? I think trillion is. Million, billion, trillion, zillion? I don't know. All right, in the next shot, we got Ricky. He's dressed up. Got a nice uh, button-down shirt. He's got his wristwatch. He's wearing a tie. He is... What are you doing? He's goof. Crazy cat. Um, Yeah, he looks every part the manager. So we got... Derek, JT, who's, JT's wearing a chef's hat, so I guess he's going to be the cook. We have Lisa, who looks like she's going to be the waitress, and Ricky is kind of, he's got his hands behind his back, almost like he's a drill sergeant. He's like, men... And, of course, Lisa steps out of line and kind of, because she's taller than Ricky, and she kind of looks down at him, and he's like, uh, and Lisa? <laughs> and he says, it's time to start our business. Rick's Ice Cream Parlor is now open for business. And he's like, eh, they don't look excited at all to be there. <laughs> I'm going to play this clip. I take it he didn't want to hire Freddy because, well, Freddy... He can mess up easily and trip over something, forget something, drop something, anything like that. Any accident can that could occur would occur if you hired Freddy. Men and Lisa, <laughs> it's time to start our business. Rick's Ice Cream Parlor is now officially open. Isn't this great? <laughs> Can I talk to you privately for a second? Okay, Derek. <laughs> I want to talk to you about our partnership. Partnership? Well, I just don't have a cow. <laughs> Let's face it, JT and Lisa are strictly bush leave. But you and me, we're like Baskin and Robbins. <laughs> Sears and Roebuck. Montgomery and Ward. <laughs> no, Derek. We're more like Lincoln and Booth. <laughs> anyway, it's only fair that this place should be named after both of us. So I made a sign up that combines both of our names. <laughs> I guess it never occurred to you that when you say the name aloud, Sounds like Derek's. Oh, yeah, what do you know about that? <laughs> Where do you want me to put this, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> I 
almost cold, Rick. <laughs> At least have some sympathy for a guy whose treehouse just burnt down. <laughs> So Ricky is all hyped up, like, all right, gang, let's do this. And JT and Lisa just look at each other like, oh, my God, Ricky, you've lost your mind. <laughs> like, we're not into this. So Derek pulls Ricky aside, like, hey, can I speak to you privately? Um, what about our partnership? And Ricky just looks at Derek like, what are you talking about? What partnership? And Derek's all like, Relax, don't have a cow. And then he mentions how JT and Lisa are strictly Bush League, which I don't even know what that means. Does that have anything to do with President Bush? Um, and he mentions how he and Rick are like Montgomery and Ward, Sears and Roebuck, which Sears is coming close to not existing. Montgomery Ward definitely does not exist anymore. Baskin and Robbins is another thing. In Michigan, there have been two Baskin-Robbins that have been placed recently, not too long ago. One of them is now a taco, Locos Tacos or something. And the other one as I was driving past had a bunch of uh, brown paper against the windows and door. Like, well, that's clearly closed. So what, none of those businesses are really even open anymore. What's going on? Or maybe it's just Michigan doesn't... That particular area doesn't want Baskin Robbins because it was a one of them was a Dunkin' Donuts for Baskin Robbins. And when I bring up Baskin Robbins, Jeremy mentions something. I guess I, I I can barely remember it, which it probably happened like maybe fifteen years ago. Well, not fifteen years ago. Probably about like thirteen years ago. I guess I had a bad experience at Baskin Robbins. Like, um, there was like some special, and I wanted to get a certain ice cream, and I think there's like a hair in my. I think I can recall there was like a hair in it, and it just ruined the experience. Like, ugh, I was so upset. But I can't really remember that happening. I mean, if anyone found a hair in their ice cream, you're not gonna want it. You're just not. I mean, if it's your own hair, it's your own ice cream, that's one thing. But if you go to an ice cream parlor, you're paying for a product and not a, a, someone's hair that fell in. <laughs> so Derek makes a sign of saying, hey, we're partners. Our names should be combined. And we see D-E-R for Derek hyphen and then R-I-C-K-S or apostrophe S. And Ricky's like, what? No, we're not doing this, Derek. As he just rips up the sign like, you got any more questions, Derek? Then get to work. I don't got time for this. I love how Ricky is like, I'd like to prefer to think of us as Lincoln and Booth. Oh, of course, after Ricky rips the sign down, uh, apart into pieces, uh, Derek just looks at Rick like, that was cold, Rick. Especially for some guy whose treehouse just burned down. Like, Derek, are you serious? You actually did? Oh my gosh. Although, how much of a treehouse really was that? It was probably next to nothing. His dad don't have time to spend with him. Let alone build a, a treehouse. Not to mention, what friends will be coming over to this treehouse either? We know Derek really doesn't have many. Or any, to be honest. 
All right, it's showtime because we get our first customer, a nice middle-aged lady who just wants some ice cream. Can't blame her. Ice cream is yummy, especially uh, Ben and Jerry's, certain types of s'mores ice cream. Delicious. All right, so they get their first customer. Ricky is very attentive. He actually pulls out a chair for her as she sits down. Then he goes over to the counter where Lisa is standing. He's like, all right, Lisa, this is your first customer. Try to be, you know, energetic and, and bouncy and everything, which shouldn't be too hard because you're a cheerleader. And she's like, all right, boss. And we see a guy who I'm guessing might be her husband. Oh, man, no, I guess he's not because Ricky actually has him sit at the counter. All right, uh, looks like Derek's up at bat now as he waits on this man. That'll be great. Okay, Lisa, this is your customer. I want you to be perky and enthusiastic. That should be very hard. You're a cheerleader. Right, boss? <coughs> Thank you. Have a drink or a sandwich or an ice cream treat. The food ad. Rick just can't be me. <laughs> I think I'll have a ham sandwich and a cup of coffee. Well, it turns out, no, we get to see Lisa interact with her first customer, and she can't say anything without putting it into a cheer and rhyming. I'm surprised she didn't give that woman a heart attack. Like, I'm a little stressed out here. I don't need you to do a cheer when I say, hey, I want a ham sandwich. Luckily, Ricky does kind of pull Lisa aside after she takes the order and says, Lisa, maybe you could cheer it down, like, you know, uh, tone it down just a smidge. Your enthusiasm is freaking out the customer here. And then she goes on to rhyme. You know, the thing is, I didn't know. I just thought, hey, it's an ice cream parlor. I thought they just sold ice cream. They say, sell ham sandwiches, too? Well, I mean, I mean, I get it. I mean, it can be a restaurant that sells just more than ice cream, so... You know, if they sold iced coffee drinks, they could make a lot of money. But I don't think iced coffee drinks were not even... I don't even know if they were existent in 1983. They might have been, but I don't know. So after speaking with Lisa about to uh, put her little pep routine on the DL, um, yeah, Ricky is just like... Oh, boy, this is not going the way I want it to. Oh, well, Lisa said something. I'm like, oh, Rick, you don't need to hit me in the head with a brick or something. And she walks off, and he's like, well, I sure want to. Lisa's like, hey, JT, I need a ham sandwich. He's like, oh, yeah, sure thing, sugar plum. As he, like, kind of tucks her under the chin. Like, oh, you're so sexist. But he's not creepy in the way that Derek would be creepy about it. He's more of a, uh, he's a charmer. He's not Ricky cutesy level charm. He's more of a, this is uncomfortable coming out of a 12-year-old's mouth charm. I need a ham sandwich, JT. Hey, coming right up, sugar plum. 
I noticed that JT's kind of leaning over where all the condiments, like the cheese and probably all the toppings that would go on like a burger. I can't believe there aren't any adults actually supervising this because there really should be somebody there. Not to mention, I was thinking about this the other day and I'm like, those kids would have to know how to make change unless... Because how really frequent was credit card swipers back in 83? I don't think those things were really big either. Not not 1983. Alright, so here, let's get to Derek and uh, his first customer. We know Derek is a creep, so he's probably going to treat this guy... Just, he's going to be all arrogant and like, oh yeah, I guess I'll get that for you. Maybe I should recommend that you get this instead of whatever you're going to get. He seems, Derek seems like somebody who, if you're dealing with a heavy set guy and the guy wants like a burger with the, the works and fries and all of this, Derek seems like somebody that would kind of mutter under his breath like, oh yeah, maybe you should like have a salad instead or, or something. This is Derek. We we know he would be like this with just anybody because he is. Hmm. I just can't seem to make up my mind. Well, take your time. I'll tell you what. I'll leave you my weekend phone number and... <laughs> Call me when you decide. <laughs> trouble deciding what he wants to order and Derek's like well you know take your time oh here as he scribbles on a notepad here's my weekend number Ricky of course is watching this go down he yanks Derek aside and says hey Derek if you want to have a relationship with your customers maybe try not to you know be you would be nice and here as Ricky hands Derek a pitcher of water which as he shoves it into Derek's stomach there it kind of just drip a little bit and Derek kind of like oh what um oh here we go sir why don't you have a complimentary water on the house courtesy of my manager here while you order and hopefully by the time you do your water won't evaporate this guy looks irritated right here. Let's hear his response to that. I'm sure it's not... I bet he's going to either get up and leave or say, You little creep. How dare you speak to me that way. Please forgive him, sir. He's in this country as part of the Moron Exchange Program. <laughs> Just give me a hot fudge Sunday. Well, at the risk of being forward... Ice cream certainly wouldn't help your weight problem. <laughs> what weight problem? Well, let me put it this way. If, if you put on a few more pounds, you'd have to change your name to Moby Dick. <laughs> All right. That's it. 
shop I have ever seen. So the guy decides on a hot fudge sundae, and of course, as I called it, I figured Derek would go this route as he makes fun of the guy's weight, like, oh, a couple ice cream sundaes in you, and we'll have to change your name to Moby Dick. Like, I don't get it. What, because, oh, a whale. Yeah, I get it now. Uh, <laughs> the guy gets fed up. He's like, this is the worst place I've ever been to. I'm leaving. And poor Ricky is just like, oh, come, come again, sir. I would be, and Derek is standing right behind Ricky, smiling at this, like, <laughs> yeah, what a fatty. Like, Derek, oh, do we expect less from Derek than that? We don't expect top service from Derek. Derek's mouth is a constant open, no filler, no filter, excuse me. Constantly. Ooh. Okay, then uh, I think Ricky needs to let him go. Like, you know what? You're done here. You are done. And I'm guessing this has got to be after school because it's a club. And most clubs are hand like, they usually, any school clubs are going to be after school. So, I really, Edward, Kate, somebody, why aren't you there watching over this as it's going on? An adult really needs to be helping out there. Nobody's even bought anything yet. And where is that? Where's that ham sandwich? <laughs> that is an old register behind uh, the counter there, too. Can you believe how touchy that guy was? <laughs> You're fired, dear. Yes. Pardonnez-moi. <laughs> Yeah, well deserved. Yeah, get Derek out of there. He's being a butt. As Ricky's like, Derek, you're fired. And of course, Derek is like, pardon me. How does he say? Pardon moi? Something like that. Uh, yeah, like fired, axe, kaput, put down, you're out of here. Get out of my store. Get out of my restaurant before I make you the flavor of the month. Uh, a nice couple comes in, and Derek, of course, is not done as he makes his way out the door. Like, oh, you know, I uh, I wouldn't eat here if I were you. The uh, manager's having a, he's having a day here, so yeah. And he looks at Rick and smiles like, oh, adios, I'm out, bye. Come in right now. The owner's in sort of a foul mood. <laughs> so Lisa Menson mentions to Ricky that there is a problem with a customer and that the customer now wants to speak to the chef. Something clearly happened to her ham sandwich. Ricky goes and grabs JT behind the counter. He is covered. His shirt is covered in lettuce and bits of tomato. It's like, what happened? Did the sandwich explode on you? We have a problem with one of our customers. 
Let me guess. Is it her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ma'am, is there a problem? Yes, I'd like to see the chef. Sure. Kitty? <laughs> on this sandwich has gone stale. Are you sure? Who says? They find a man, finish it up. Oh. <laughs> I've never been so insulted in all my life. Man, please don't leave. Young man, this is the first restaurant I've ever been in where the chef needs a spanking. <laughs> So, the bread is apparently stale, which I find that hard to believe. You know, I would think even though it's only open for, the restaurant's only open for a week, that Edward would have gotten all fresh food, even if it was just for a week. And she's like, I, JT ends up, ch like, chomping into the sandwich, tasting it, like, oh, it tastes fine to me. The lady throws down her napkin and says, I've never been more insulted in my life. It's like, what? I'd be more concerned with the fact that this restaurant is being run by 12-year-olds. Gordon Ramsay would shut this place down in a heartbeat. Like, where are the adults? And then Lady turns to Ricky and says, I have to say that uh, this is the first restaurant I've been to where the chef needs a spanking. Like, what? They have not made any money yet. Like, at all. And Ricky's probably really like, gosh, this is so frustrating. Why isn't this working? I'm supposed to have a franchise by the end of the week in my mind. Like, it's a restaurant. You've had, like, two customers come in and walk out because they've been unhappy with the service. And I think it has to do with your employees. Guys, what's wrong with you? This is no way to run a business. Ricky, so far this is kind of a bummer. I think maybe I should just quit. And do something more meaningful with my life. Want to go play some Donkey Kong? That's perfect! Hold it, you guys can't quit. But you already fired Derek, and we don't have enough manpower. Look around, JT. This is not exactly Grand Central Station. <laughs> So, JT and Lisa both are in agreement. They want to get out of there. They want to quit. Lisa wants to do something more meaningful with her life. Like, girl, you're 12. Go find a hobby. JT suggests they go and play Donkey Kong. And Ricky is like, guys, you can't, you can't quit. And JT's like, what? what? We don't have the manpower. And Ricky's like, JT, look around. There's, like, nobody here. This is not Grand Central Station. We get a baseball team, which looks like one of those company teams because they have shirts and hats and everything, and they look to be, like, late 30s, early 40-year-old men. Like, great. So, uh, maybe they can try to make it work with these people. Otherwise, they these kids have no business. And I'm running a restaurant and the fact that I wouldn't be surprised if these people are like 
Oh, you're the people that work here? Where's an adult? So JT, JT kind of just looks around and is like, <laughs> Well, adios, amigo, we're out. And Lisa's like, oh, Ricky, I want you to know I had a great time. It's like, what in the world? Ricky, you need to, like, call your dad and get him in there because you are screwed. You are not going to be able to make that work by yourself, guy. So Ricky is, like, begging Lisa and Derek, who have already left. They're not even in the building anymore. It's like, guys, don't do this to me. Well, as luck would have it, Ricky, luck is on your side because your dad has stopped by to probably see how you're doing. Like, hey, uh, you made any sales yet? This register has no money in it. What? Let's see, we sold a ham sandwich, and I think that's it. Wow. I wonder if Kate's going to show up also, or maybe Dexter, but they might not. I think it's just Edward calling to... Like I said, one of them should have been there getting that set up. Not just, here you go, son, this place is going to be sold at the end of the week. I don't care what you do. I got an order to go, okay? Okay. Four colas, one with ice, three without, two root beers, two ginger ales, one orange, eight, one lemonade, seven turkey sandwiches on white, heavy on a mayo and a pickle. Got it? Four, four. <laughs> What's the rest? One with ice, three without, two root beers, two ginger ales, one orange, eight, one lemon, eight, seven turkey club sandwiches on white, heavy on the mayo, and a pickle. Got it? One with ice. What was the rest? Here. Can you read my writing? We're closed. Closed? It's only 11.23 a.m. Yeah, you see, we're open from 11 a.m. to 11.23 a.m. Um, it cuts down on our overhead. Thanks for your patronage. Uh, Rick. Dad. Uh, sir, uh, would you wait here just a minute, and I'll have a word with the boss here and see if we can't stay open just a little while longer. Okay. Let's have a chat, son. So, Ricky heads over to this one balding man, and the guy's got a long order with seven club sandwiches, root beer, ginger ale, orange juice, iced tea, all of the all the stuff. And he's had to repeat it twice as Ricky is like, one, blah, 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 and he he's like, what, yeah, here. He should have just given him the list of what he had made. He's like, oh, can you read my writing? I'm like, uh, not really. So Ricky kind of throws him the towel like, oh, sir, by the way, um, we're closed as of, like, right this second. And the guy's like, it's 11.23 in the, in the morning. And Ricky's like, oh, yeah, well, we, we closed at 11.23 because, uh, to keep, uh, crowd control and everything like that. Luckily, and, and Edward's kind of sitting down, kind of observing what's going on. He finally steps up and says, excuse me, sir, why don't I have a word with the boss and we'll see what we can do. And the guy, the guy's pretty chill about it. He's like, all right, yeah, um, okay. So hopefully Edward's gonna, like, uh... Ask some questions, find out what's going on. You had three employees here, and so far I walk in here and I only see you and all these people. I suppose it'd be foolish to ask, how's it going? <laughs> it's been awful, Dad. JT and Lisa quit, all my customers walked out. The only bright spot today is that I got to fire Derek. <laughs> that is just too hard for me. Hey, 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 is this the same guy I talked to yesterday? The guy who was going to start a chain coast to coast? 
The guy who was going to tell the bank to put in an extra vault? The guy who told me last night to start looking around for a bigger house? Well, I sure learned my lesson. It is tough to run a business. I don't want to do this anymore. Rick. You really going to quit? Well, let me think about it for a second. Yeah. Son. Well, it is your business. I suppose you should be able to handle it any way you see fit. But I got to tell you, quitting. I never thought that was your style. Well, I, I guess I could try and stick it out. That a boy. I don't think you'll regret it either. But I just don't know how I'm going to be able to do it all by myself. <laughs> Well, maybe I can stay around for a while and help you out. Hey, listen. So Edward does pull Ricky aside. He's like, hey, I was going to ask you how it's going, but judging by what's going on here, I can pretty much guess that it's not going well. And Ricky's like, yeah, um, Derek and Lisa quit. And the only bright side about being here is that I got to fire Derek. And Ricky is, honestly, he is ready to actually just throw in the towel, and walk out. And Edward is just saying, you know, that doesn't sound like the person I talked to last night who was thinking of building a franchise, having stores coast to coast, having uh, someone who put in an extra vault, and looking for a bigger house for us. And so Ricky had all these plans, and because this situation now has erupted on him, and it's not going how he wants... He just, he wants to call it quits. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he even gets ready to, like, his hand is on the door to, like, push it open and walk out. And his dad just kind of looks at him and he's like, you know, son, I, quitting, that just, that doesn't seem like, uh, who you are. The guy, the Ricky, Ricky Stratton I know is not a quitter. He follows through on things. So, and Edward says, you know, it's your business. You, you do what you want. You know, it's your business till the end of the week. Um, and he's like, I could stay here and help you out. Which, immediately, my mind went back to the popcorn episode. Which I think was uh, last week's episode. Where Ricky had kind of gotten in over his head. And with the, selling the popcorn. And this guy, while Edward and Ricky are chatting, is like, hey, guy, you two, um, we have a game to go to. We're pretty hungry. Okay, you have a baseball game? Right. Um, why are you eating ahead of time? Usually people, they play the game, they build up an appetite, they celebrate, or they, uh, tuck their tail between their legs and, uh, deal with their loss. However, you're not going to bulk up before you have like an hour or so before a baseball game because you're going to be sleep. You're going to eat all those carbs. You're going to be tired. You're, you're going <laughs> to, yeah, just, just, I don't understand it. This guy, what's your deal, man? 
As he, and this guy was ordering seven sandwiches. There's at least 15 men in there. So I think he had the seven sandwiches, the root beer floats, the iced tea, the orange juice, the whatevers were all for him. Is this guy the coach? Or is he just... Because he's got like a jacket on over his orange... They're all wearing orange t-shirts that say like uh, tigers or something. The guy's like, if we don't get some food in 45 seconds, we're leaving. I'm like, well, then go. 45 seconds? Is that when your game begins? Ugh. These customers have been so irritable. Between the lady that's complaining about the stale bread, which, I mean, she didn't even pay for that sandwich. I would have said, can you please do this again with fresh bread? Which, I don't understand why there would be stale bread they just opened. All of that food would be fresh. And the guy who was... Deciding what he wanted, I mean, take a little bit of time, but then again, Derek didn't have to insult him. And now this guy's like, if we don't get food in 45 seconds, we're gonna leave. Well, then go. You clearly aren't that hungry, otherwise you'd be sitting down and waiting respectively while this man and his son finish their conversation. Because Edward's got a hand on Ricky's shoulder and he's just looking at this guy like, are you for real right now, sir? Are you for real? You can't... Oh, But no, of course. The saying the customer's always right. No, no, they're not. No. <laughs> Let's hear what Edward's response is to this dude. Hey, listen. <laughs> we got a game to go to. If we don't get some food in 45 seconds, we're leaving. Good. what's going on because a lot of this is a lot of physical comedy so as soon as the guy says we're leaving in 45 seconds if we don't get our food Edward looks at his watch he and Ricky like take off running and jump over the counter and they have these uh, styrofoam um, containers that you would put in like to-go orders so I'm guessing these guys aren't going to stay and eat they're probably going to take their food with them so as I said before we pretty much got the layout of all the condiments like right there ready to go we got a big tub of mayo we got the containers that are right there Edward and Ricky start grabbing them and kind of laying them 
down side by side, getting them all ready to go. Then they're like, bread, bread, where's the bread? They grab the bread, and they're both like, it's like, one of you could be doing the sandwiches, one of you could be getting the other orders. Now, I have worked in customer service, not like uh, go out and wait tables like what this is, but I worked at KFC, and I pretty much, I did run the register, but I also would make the orders. There was a time that, I mean, mainly my shifts would be like between, they KFC would open at 11, which was really nice. I could sleep until like 1030 because KFC was close by. And um, I worked from 11 to like 1 or 11 to 2, so basically the lunch was. But early on when I started there, I was working at night. Of course, the biggest busy time is probably going to be anywhere between 5 p.m. and 7 and I remember it was me. I I thought there was another person. Like, someone had to help me. Because we were getting order after order after. And you get a screen display of, like, five or six orders. Like, oh, are you, what one are you working on? Like, this. And I got so, like, so stressed out. It's like, it's just me here. Why don't we have another person helping me? Because especially when you got families coming in to get takeout orders that are, like, a 24-piece. And they got, like, the sides, the mashed potatoes, all that stuff. And you're trying to get all this stuff put together. It can be very, very stressful. Now, these basically are the only customers that um, have really, they might have success in actually having customers that will be happy with. But, um, yeah, they're getting the bread and the turkey and... Ricky is trying to get the drinks, which the dispensers sometimes can be a little wacky. You know, if you, you put the drink and you press it against the dispenser, which pours the um, the liquid into the cup. And sometimes you get a little bit of backsplash, like, and it goes all over the place. And it just... So I take it they have this bread, like, in a refrigerator. So maybe it wasn't stale, but it probably wasn't warmed up either. Because that looks like a little mini fridge that would, they would keep the stuff that uh, you need on hand. Because everything else, as far as, like, you got your onion, your purple onions, um, as far as other things, they're all in little, like, if you've been to a buffet, and you got, like, a little, uh, the salad area, it's all in individual little slots right next to each other, so it's you just grab and go, grab and go, and they're just... I can see where they are going to start messing up real fast because it's like their mind is probably going a million miles an hour, like 45 seconds, 45 seconds. And I think at one time, Edward does look at his watch, like how much more time do we, it's like, how much time do we got left? It's like, one of you could have been making the sandwiches and I think Ricky does go get the drinks. But then, of course, Edward zips into the back real quick to grab something. Ricky's got the two drinks, like, against his chest. Edward comes through the door. Boom! Like, drink. No, actually, wait. I think... Hold on. When... Okay, I'm seeing this now. When Ricky puts the cups up to the dispensers, he pushes the levers down. Immediately, that... That, um explosion that explosion of them coming out the liquids pushes the cups forward so basically you have liquid you know pop juice whatever spraying all over the place so now we got 
two people working on the drinks now instead of working on the sandwiches. It's like, guys, 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 there's two of you. One could be doing one thing. One could be doing the other thing. Now we got them both going back to the sandwiches. Guys, what are you doing? And the whole, all these baseball guys are just hanging out watching all of this play out. Like, well, I'm still haven't gotten, like, any of my food. None of the orders have been filled. Although, I guess they're just filling that one guy's order of seven turkey sandwiches. Edward's got a big jar of mayo, right? Why don't you use a knife? Instead, he's got this giant, like, cake spatula that you would usually use when you're, like, making a cake and you're trying to get all the batter out. You're using one of those, like, rubber spatulas. And he gets it, like, a big, giant gob of mayo, like, right on Ricky's shirt. Because they're, like, working with their hands and they're... Stuff, food's getting all over the place. So, Edward, of course, takes the blob off of Ricky's shirt with that rubber spatula. Like, um, you can't use that anymore. That's now been, uh, that's not sanitary. Edward says, hey, Ricky, get the drinks, which have now been filled. Ricky trips over his own feet. His arms are over the counter, so that way when the, these large cups spill, they hit the guy that's like, the table is right near that counter. And that guy's just like, what in the what? <laughs> oh, he got a face full of that liquid. That brim of that baseball cap he's wearing is, like, soaked. Because you can see the light, whatever light they're using probably on the set is reflecting off of that brim because that liquid is on there. It's not absorbed it yet. And I get a clear shot of this guy's shirt. It says, Sydney's Tigers. What's that say? For wide area? What? For F-O-R wide area. I don't know what that means. Far wide area? I don't know. So, Ricky and Edward kind of look at each other like, Ricky, you just made a mistake. And they're like, okay, just let me refill these. More coals. Get them. Like. See, if they'd have had JT and Lisa, they could have been, like, doling out... Edward's clearly never worked in, you know, he, he's rich, he's got money, he doesn't really have to do um, these customer service type jobs. This is a great experience for Ricky, but then again, when he gets older, who's, who's to say if he's going to even get one of those types of jobs? He probably won't have to. And Edward's going to putting mayo on a sandwich. Ricky's like, hey, a turkey. And Edward's like, who are you calling a turkey? And he turns and we see... The drinks now are being filled with what looks like orange juice and maybe lemonade. I thought you were getting cola. I know the guy asked for an orange juice and iced tea, which that white clear liquid likes what, like looks like one of those white cherry Powerade type drinks. That it's like that white liquid. Oh, Ricky is the one who asked, like, what time is it? How much time do we have left? Edward has the cups in his hand. He goes to look at his watch, and in doing so, he tips the drink that he's holding in his the hand that his watch is on, and tips it the drink downward onto the front of his pants. He's oh, oh that's got to be cold. Uh, Ricky's like, oh, we need more turkey. As he goes into the back, probably the kitchen area, and now we see that the drinks. Okay, there's two sets of drinks. One is by the orange juice and the white liquid. And the other one is by the, the colas. So the, Edward goes to turn off the dispensers because they're spilling all over the place. So immediately as he grabs those and Ricky comes back out of the kitchen into the 
behind the counter area, and Edward spills those drinks again all over him. <laughs> oh, right. He's like, Ricky, what's taking you so long? And Ricky runs out. I thought Edward was going to spill it on himself. But then, of course, being that kitchen door leading back to the kitchen area is a swinging door. Because you see swinging doors on sitcoms. It hits Edward in the butt. And which Edward's still holding those drinks. Which, of course, one spills on Ricky. Oh, my goodness. This is just a giant mess. We have two. Three containers, one which in fact is still inside another container, and they're putting like a bunch of lettuce and like, you know, the the uh, restaurant, those big lettuce leaves and just throwing all that on there. It's like, well, did that guy want, oh my gosh. I just, I feel bad for the customers. This is just, there's no organization whatsoever. And they have maybe what, three sandwiches made? It's just a bunch of toppings piled on top of a sandwich. So we got a total of four con styrofoam containers over there. One which falls on the floor. That one is a loss. Do not pick that up and put that back on the counter. Because that is, it just fell on the floor. Ricky's hands are like covered. <laughs> I forgot to mention. Yeah. Um, another thing. They're not wearing plastic gloves. Now I don't know if this is something that is required back in 83. Like other customers when I was working at KFC another story um I wasn't the one making the sandwich but someone else was and the customer did notice that person was not wearing gloves when they made that sandwich They're like can you make that again but this time put the gloves on your hands which subway I go to subway they're all you gotta have the gloves that's you know the health department's gonna come down on you probably like you gotta be sanitary I mean, we were washing our hands. We had a sign when I was at KFC that had you, or I think it was even Burger King. You have to wash your hands like every 15, 20 minutes. So Edward screams, pick up! Just screaming at them. And all the baseball players come up to get their or That is, that guy who plays it or does not look happy. I wouldn't pay for any of that. It's garbage. It's not a total market, Edward and Rick, but, I mean, you guys, you had no organization. You were all over the place. You definitely don't need to be running a restaurant. <laughs> we get an applause. Everyone's like, oh my god, what is this mess? I'm gonna play this. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. Here. And we're not eating here. 
And I guess there's another guy that must have snuck in while all this was going on who's not with the baseball team. And Ricky's like, Dad, I failed. I tried and I failed. And Edward, like, grabs Ricky, picks him up, puts him on the counter on top of those destroyed sandwiches in those containers. Ricky's got mayo all over his hands. He's got it on his chin. And Edward's like, son, you didn't fail. You did the best you could. And (laughs) Ricky's like, well, you did the best you could too, Dad. As he slaps his hands on either side of Edward's face. His hands, of course, you know, they're covered in mayo. And it almost looks like whipped cream. It's that thick and white. And (laughs) Edward's got these mayo-covered handprint stains on his face. And I'm just thinking, Edward gave him a week. Buddy, this is like the first day. You can still try. You still have a few days to turn it around. And actually, uh, if they got Kate in there... And kind of, like, put things in order since, you know, she's a secretary. She knows how to put things in order. She could whip them up into shape in no time. They, like like I said, how many people are in this entrepreneur's club? Get some other people. Don't get Freddie. Definitely don't rehire Derek, JT, or Lisa because they're just completely awful. Um... But get a whole new crew of kids. Ricky, you're smart. you got to know some other kids in that school who would be more than willing to try this out. Not all of them is going to be a bumbling buffoon like Freddy or an arrogant jerk like Derek or lazy bums like JT and Lisa who would rather play Donkey Kong than wait on... Which, I mean, they're, they're 12 years old. Of course, they're not going to be into hard work. But not all kids are like that. There are some kids out there that are really driven and really dedicated to what they do. And they put their all into everything. So I'm not like clumping all kids together. Granted, this is 1983. So maybe kids back in 83, 12-year-olds might have been perceived as maybe not so much lazy, but then they are really not about the hard work. But then again, let's look at kids of today, 12-year-olds today. How many percentage of them would be able to take this on and do well with it? I'd say a percentage of that. I say, I think it might be on the low end. I'm going to look at maybe 30%. Maybe it could be higher, maybe lower. I would really... I think that would really be cool to see if they were to do a scenario like this nowadays. Like, just, like, a trial run. Like, just even for a day to see how a group of 12-year-olds would be able to handle something like this. But you'd have adults nearby supervising, so if they needed to step in for any reason, they could do that. I, I, I honestly, I think that fast food... That is, like, the prime first job for any teenager. Fast food was the first job I ever got when I was 16. I started working at Burger King. I never made the food. I think at McDonald's, when I worked at McDonald's, I also, I didn't, I always ran the register. I never made the food. Alright, well, we got the credits come up, but of course we always know when they pop up the credits, we always have an extra scene right after. 
Joel Higgins, your muscles in that tight, tight polo shirt are exploding. They are huge. But anyway, we do have this nice young, not young, he's probably got to be at least maybe mid-50s. But uh, let's see what this guy's got to say. Maybe he might have something to say. Maybe this will be the one customer that turns this whole experience around. It's, uh, it's not easy uh, running an ice cream parlor, is it? No. That's why I retired. Well, who are you? Uncle Smiley. <laughs> Okay, so this guy comes up, and he's like, well, it's not easy running a business. And Ricky and Edward are looking at this guy, and Edward's like, well, who are you? And the guy's like, I'm Mr. Smiley. See, that's why I retired. How would Edward not know the Smiley guy? Isn't this the same? This has got to be the same restaurant from, like, season one, episode three. Which I can't think of the episode title right now, but I just remember the end of it. And I thought that guy who looks nothing like this guy was Mr. Smiley, the guy who was making... And think about it. Ice cream shop. Not once did we see any ice cream being served. We saw turkey sandwiches. We saw a ham sandwich. Wasn't there something else? Oh, that guy didn't know what he wanted yet. So we've seen sandwiches go out, but we haven't seen any ice cream whatsoever. I love this guy. As he just walks away, like, with this big grin on his face. It's like, this was just priceless for him. It's like, yeah, this is exactly why I retired. But then again, sir, you didn't employ 12-year-olds. And you probably had a staff of competent adults who probably had prior experience working in a setting like this. But, guys, that was the episode. I thought that was fun. And I like how Edward was able to jump in and say, son, I see you're drowning. Let me jump in here. I will help you save the day. We can make this work. A good father-son team. So I think for this episode, I am going to give it... I'm going to give it an average 3 out of 5. Um, also, we do have a RIP for Franklin Seals, who does portray Dexter who is now a new character um I gotta look and find out if we see Leonard at all yeah I'm gonna look that up now and then I'll uh, let you know about my rating okay I'm looking at um Leonard Lightfoot's time on Silver Spoons it looks like we get him for two uh, four more episodes, episodes 19 through 22, so we get him in Three's a Crowd, which is the next episode. Empire Strikes Out, Won't You Go Home, Bob Danish, and The X-Team, which is the season one finale of Silver Spoons. So, like I said, I wanted to talk about my rating, the three things I liked about it. I loved that Edward jumped in there and helped his son out. I also like that he gave him the opportunity. And I like that we got to meet Dexter. I Dexter is 
very different from Leonard. Leonard might be a businessman, but, or a lawyer, but, um, he's funny. I mean, Dexter's funny in his own way. The fact that he's so uptight and everything, and people are always trying to get him to hang loose. Um, let's see, what was the other thing I liked? Um... I, I gotta say, I liked JT biting into that woman's sandwich. I'm like, oh, it tastes okay to me. It's like, the kid didn't even think anything of it. Like, oh, here, let me try it. Oh, it tastes fine. You, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, the two things I didn't care for, um, that guy who ordered that big order with seven sandwiches and everything like that, the fact that he repeated it twice, and he's got a list right there, and he keeps asking Ricky, like, well, did you get that? Did you get that? And Ricky's, like, still writing the first thing the guy listed. It's like, dude, you can write that down, and then if he doesn't get it the first thing, like, here, I have this list, you feel free to go with that. And, um, see, what was the other, um, Derek, Derek, just him being him, <laughs> with insulting that guy, like, oh, you should change your name to Moby Dick, like, what? What? Derek. But, we don't expect any less from Derek. That's who Derek is. He's a slime ball, And he has a nerve, like, oh, you're fi firing moi? Like, <sighs> mm. But, um, yeah, I'd have to say my silver spoonful is gonna be how, if you're gonna run an experiment like this or whatever, do it for, like, not a full day, but maybe for, like, an hour or so, like, during a slow period. But, of course, you, you would be there to supervise, but you wouldn't be having, you know, I just, I think it, it would be a good experience. You know, the kid wouldn't be getting paid, they'd be getting experience, um, when I was in high school, before I started at Burger King, when I was a sophomore, we had this, um, it was called CBI, Community Based Instruction, which is where you go into a, a job that's set up through the school for, I think it's like only for like a couple hours, like in the afternoon, and you get that job experience, which is really, and you're getting school credit for it, of course, which, um, I enjoyed it. I mean, the Family Fair one, which was cool, um, of course, later on, I, I went to work for them while I think I was my junior year of high school. I actually, uh, that summer, I went and I, uh, I got a job there, and they hired me based on my experience. Um, the one that I liked, the other thing, because it was only f for a sophomore, you can only do it as a sophomore, I like, um, the, it was called, like, the copy center, but it wasn't, like, it was just a, a little small business that was just run through the school, not in the school, but it was, like, part of the district, and, um, it was run by two ladies, one lady who happened to be my elementary school bus driver and she had her dog there her little rottweiler dog and i i remember that and all they really had me do was like get like stocks of you know boxes of colored paper and stuff and then make i learned how to make um the uh 
you know, the pads of paper that have, like, the, uh, the glue to, to hold them. Yeah, that was, it was fun. It was fun. I really, really liked it. It was nice. It was low-key. It was just me there with these two ladies. It was really nice. But let's talk about the next episode. As I said, I figured with Kate and Edward, I'm guessing if they want to call it dating, whether it's actually 100% official, but I knew that this was going to come about eventually. Season 1, episode 19, entitled Three's a Crowd. This episode aired on February 19th, 1983. So this was actually... Hold on again. What's going on here? Three's a Where's that other episode? Hold on. Something's... What was the episode about a junior businessman? Is that not on here? Where did it go? Is this a... Okay, I don't know what IMDb is doing. This is really weird. So we go, three's a crowd. Oh, oh, guys, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was looking at Leonard's um, uh, filmography on Silver Spoons, and I'm like, it jumps from like 15 to 19. I'm like, well, wait a minute, what happened to this? Okay, okay. So, three's a crowd, February nineteenth, nineteen eighty three. Ricky is miffed when Kate joins his ski trip with Edward and starts to worry that he'll increasingly be ignored as their relationship develops. Well, you know, sometimes you gotta deal with, you know, when you have a single parent that starts dating again. It's a little weird, a little different. Usually you're used to just being you and said parents, and then when someone else comes into the picture... You kind of wonder how are you, you, where do you stand in your parents' life as far as being the most important to being knocked down a notch as the new person comes in and may, you know, so yeah. But okay, let's say hey to some podcast listeners. Let me get in here real quick. Um, I do want to mention that I did finish the book. It Wasn't Me by um, Dana something. And uh, <laughs> I gave it a 2 out of 5. I Overall, I did not care for it. If you've seen The Breakfast Club, this is a blatant ripoff for middle grade. I knew it was something similar. And I've read books like that where they put kids from different um, stereotypes in a room together or something like that. But this was just literally ripping dialogue from the movie and situations from the movie. Like, almost exact. Especially the quote at the end of The Breakfast Club with Brian Johnson writing, every, everyone was supposed to write a paper, he writes it for all of them. And it just, and like, at the end of it, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? What is this? But anyway, alright, let's say, hey, Fredericton, Canada, Istanbul, Turkey, Orfordville, Orfordville, Wisconsin, Avril, I'm sorry, I mispronounced, Avril Park, New York, Sun Valley, Nevada, Covington, Kentucky, Glasgow, Glasgow? United Kingdom, Jacksonville, Florida, Mexico City, Mexico, Mountain View, California, Box Hill, Australia, Sao Paulo, Brazil, New York, New York, and Kara, Turkey, Karachi, Pakistan, Barcelona, Spain, Sioux City, Iowa, 
Celap uh, uh, Mexico, uh, Lebanon, Granada, Spain, Reno, Nevada, Brazil, Myanmar, um, Pilesville, Ma uh, Maryland, Toluca, Mexico, Iceland, Brazil, Sweden, Turkey, Morgantown, West Virginia, Brazil, Durango, Mexico, Brazil, Chile, Toronto, Canada, Seville, Spain, Chile, Orlando, Florida, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, La Paz, State of Bolivia, Ecuador, Pebble, Mexico, Chile, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Indonesia, Mexico, Turkey, Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. Alright, and I will be back with a new episode of Silver Spoons, episode, Season 1, Episode 19. So, everyone have a good weekend. Bye-bye.